Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. To Nicodemus, you must be born again. In order to be born to live above human, satanic, and situational limitation, you have to be born of the Spirit. So he says, to be born again is to be born of the Spirit. That which is born of the Spirit is what? Is of the Spirit. Why is the birth of the Spirit above that? Because when you're born of the Spirit, you're born to live a Spirit-empowered life. To be born again is to born to live a spirit empowered. And we said that the spirit empowered life is a power and wisdom empowered life. Say amen. amen. Bible says Christ in what? In me, the hope of glory. Go to 1 Corinthians 1.24, everybody. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So if Christ is in me, I have been born to live a power and wisdom energized life. The spirit empowered life is a power and wisdom empowered life. To be empowered by the spirit is to be empowered by the power and the wisdom of God. What did I say? To be empowered by the spirit is to be empowered by what? By the power of God and the wisdom of God. Never lose that. That's the life. And, and I said something that the reason Jesus demonstrated his power in the scripture was to reveal two foundational truths. Is that not true? How many? Two foundational. These two foundational truths are very critical to living the spirit-empowered life. The spirit-empowered life is a life that is empowered by the power of God and the wisdom of God. So two foundational reasons why Jesus demonstrated his power. Number one, we said is to reveal what? The mystery of godliness. What is the mystery of godliness? Turn your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. What is the mystery of godliness? I need you to understand it so that we're not just speaking, it's not grammar. <laughs> Amen? It is not what? It's not grammar. It is a reality you and I have been born into. The first reason Jesus demonstrated this power is to reveal the mystery of God. I, I, can you look at the Bible or look at your screen, the screen wherever you have it? God, okay, let's begin verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is what? 
The word mystery means secrets that were not known by all, and only, but it's not revealed to a few. Are, you understand that? So what is this mystery? It's a mystery of godliness. So what is the mystery about? Everybody say, of godliness. What does godliness mean? What did I say? The God kind of life. So when Jesus was demonstrating his power, one of the things he was revealing is that I have come to make known to you a kind of life that has not been known before. It's a God kind of life. All right? He said, great is the mystery of godliness, and he explained what it meant. God was manifested in what? In the flesh. God is Christ. Christ is the word. John 1.14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus, who is God, in order to save me and you from the damnation of Adam's transgression, became flesh. What does that simply mean? It simply means God became a man. God became what? God became a man. Why? So that he can reach us and save us. Philippians 2 says that he took upon himself the form of what? A servant. And being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself. So God became a man so that man can become like God. 1 John 4, 17 says, as Christ is, so... Abi? So why did he do that? He became, God was manifested in the flesh so that man can become like God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because everything Jesus did was God in man. And he did that to reveal to you the kind of life and the kind of relationship or union that God wants to have with man. This was what Jesus was telling the disciple about. I have so many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them. You can't, the, the kind of relationship I have with you is a limitation. You can't understand everything I'm saying. But when the Spirit comes, He will guide you into all the truth. The Spirit will be with you forever. When he comes into you, he will take the limitation that is not allowing you embrace all of me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is this mystery? Colossians 1, 26. Go there. Colossians 1. Remember, the first reason Jesus demonstrated his power is to reveal the mystery of godliness. Colossians 1 and verse 26 and 27. Is that in your Bible? Do you have Colossians in your Bible? There you have the right Bible. Colossians 1, 26 to 27. Are we there? The Bible says the mystery. What mystery? The mystery of godliness or the secret of the God kind of living, which has been what? Hidden from the ages and from generation. 
There is no place in the old covenant that reveals that God lived in men. None. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now don't, don't misunderstand me. God dwelling among his people was glorious, was powerful. But it cannot be compared as that same God living inside man. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? So in ages and generation or in era, it was not known. But in our generation, because of Christ, this mystery of the God kind of life, and I love what the scripture says, has been revealed to who? His saints. And who are the saints? Be, be, before you think the saints is people that after you die, they will now anoint you to become saint. That's not what the Bible said. It's not in the Bible. That, that's a practice of men. It's got nothing to do with scripture. Who are the saints? I say, who are the saints? Who are the saints? Turn your Bible. Let me show you who the saints are. Let's see the biblical definition of saints. Amen? Amen. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. Let's see the biblical definition of saints. Which one will I show you now? Let me um, pick the book of Corinthians, I guess. That one gives us a very... 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. Let's see the biblical definition of saints. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2. Are you ready for this? So, so when, when you say, what is a saint? You don't say Saint Matthew, Saint Wanting, Saint this one. Eh, eh. What does the Bible say a saint is? Are you ready for this? 1 Corinthians 1 2. What did he say? For unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them, the church is referred to as what? To them. Is that also? To them, which are what? Which are what? I, I, I like the, the rendering of the scripture. It, look at the way. Uh, um, uh, the scripture puts it. This is so powerful. Somebody say hallelujah. Are you ready for this? Oh, glory to God. He said to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be set apart. You were set apart from sin to life. Are you hearing me? You were set apart from a curse to a blessing. And being sanctified is not what you do. Being sanctified is what the blood does for you. Are you hearing me? Being sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints. With all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So if you're born again, You've been called into a saint life. Say amen. amen. Did you hear what I said? You've been called into what? A saint. A saint is those who have been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. They've been washed by the blood and they've been sanctified. They've been set apart for Christ. That's why you're called a saint. Now go back to Colossians. Colossians 1. He said, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generation, but now 
has been made known to the saints. Colossians 1.26. Then he now goes further to expand. Verse 27. To them, the word them refers to the saints, to those who are born again. To them, God willed to make known. The word make known means to publicly display or to reveal what the depth, the word riches means wealth or depth of the glory of this mystery. Say with me, say there's a glory attached to the mystery. See, there is a glory attached to the mystery of godliness or the mystery of God in us. Watch it. He said, among the nation, which is what? Christ in you. What is this mystery? Christ in you. So the mystery of godliness is Christ alive in me. Come on, say Christ lives in me. That's the mystery of godliness. Means Christ in me. Christ in me. And what did I tell you? It means that God now lives in the saint. We all have an address where we live. If I say, where's your house, you will give me an address. Where is God's address now? Everybody say me. So we read this following scripture, Ephesians 2.22, that says we are the dwelling place of God through the Spirit because Christ in us is the presence of His Spirit in us. Are you hearing me? I hope you know the Holy Ghost and Christ, they are one. To have one is to have the other. So when he says, I'm going to the Father, but I'll send the Holy Ghost, who will come and dwell with you, he'll be with you forever, and he will lead you and guide you into the truth. He said, I'm going to send another of my kind. Him being with you is me being with you. So Christ in you is the spirit in you. Are you hearing me? Say Christ in me is the presence of his spirit in me. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. What does it say? 1 Corinthians 3 16. Let's go there. What did he say? This is the, what the mystery of godliness is. What did he say in 1 Corinthians 3, 16? Do you not know, if you don't know, know now, that you are, what is you are? You are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells where? In you. Christ in you is the spirit of God dwelling in you. Say that with me. Say Christ in me. Is the Spirit of God dwelling in me? Say that again. Say, Christ in me is the Spirit of God dwelling in me. Do you get that? So that means Christ in me is the presence of His Spirit in me. And the presence of the Spirit of God in me is the presence of the power and the wisdom of God. Because Christ is the power. And the wisdom of God. And if Christ in me is the presence of the Spirit dwelling in me, what it simply means is that the presence, the power of God and the wisdom of God lives in me. In the person of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, you're powerful. Did you hear what I said? The Spirit-empowered life is a power and wisdom 
empowered life. To be empowered by the Spirit is to be empowered by the power of God and the wisdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, 1 John 4, 4, you are of God. Say, I am of God. The word of God means you came from God. You are of God or you are the offspring of God. For greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your resource, your source, your advantage comes from within. Did you hear what I said? I know there are some men you, you will wish you knew. Some places you will wish you go to. But can I tell you, none can be compared to the advantage that you carry on the inside of you. You have God alive and living in you. Somebody shout glory. glory. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Somebody shout glory. glory. Let me, hear me. And I want you to get this because I'm going to push this. We must learn, everybody, when you come to church, if you know how Satan fights you from connecting with your root, what did First John 4 for? You are of God. Say, I am of God. Say it three times. One more time. What, what, what does that tell you? It means your origin is God. Your source is God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your advantage is God because you are of God. You are not of men. So what does the Bible say? You are of God. So you must develop a consciousness that is of God. What did I say? You must develop what? A consciousness. The word consciousness is a mindedness. What occupies your mind must be of God and not of men. You must develop a consciousness of the indwelling presence of Christ on the inside of you. Go to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to verse 3. Paul had a limitation to communicate with the Corinthian church because of the state of their mind. Your state of mind can affect how you function. It can affect the way you function. How you operate has a lot to do with how you, the state of your mind. If, if the state of your mind is not in agreement with your origin or your root, then you cannot function by your root. I just said something. Can I rewind that? If the state of your mind does not agree with your root, which is God, you cannot function by your root. Did you hear what I said? Because your root is God. So you are to be God-minded. If you are not God-minded, you will function by God. Paul wanted to share so much with the church in Corinthians, like any other church. First Corinthians 3 from verse 1. He said, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to Cana, as to babes in Christ. Why did he say that? The word spiritual, write this down, means supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. supernatural. 
I'm not hearing you. Say supernatural. supernatural. What does supernatural mean? Supernatural simply means that which is super to the natural. Is that not so? That means you were to be born of God is to be born into the supernatural lifestyle. And to live the supernatural lifestyle, you must be supernaturally minded. To be supernaturally minded is to be God-minded. Are you hearing me? So Paul was having a problem with communication because their mind was not God-minded or supernatural-minded. It was carnal-minded. So he said, I can't talk to you because the things of the spirit are foolish to the natural man. They are foolish because they don't make sense. They are spiritually discerned or designed. So a carnal-minded man will reject and treat with contempt the ways of the spirit. It won't make sense to him. Because the mindedness of a spiritual man and that of a carnal man are diametrically opposed to each other. What functions in your life is what your mind carries. Are you hearing me? The way God wired man to operate is that whatever dominates the soul will influence the way the man behaves. That's what the Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you don't think according to your root, you will not manifest your root. If the way you think is according to carnality, what will you manifest? Carnality. But if you think according to your spiritual or your supernatural root, you will manifest supernatural. Am I making any sense? Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, see, we are bombarded every day with natural things, natural issues, natural interests. And if you're not very careful, the reason God gave us his word is to maintain a spiritual mindedness over our life. If you are distant from the word, you don't read your Bible, you don't listen to the word that is being preached in the house, you don't have a word note where you can go and meditate on what God is telling you, the natural will invade your mind and it will program your mind to become canal. And you will find that there will be a conflict inside of you. God will give you great words, but because your mind is not programmed according to God's word, you will find that, that you are resisting what God wants to walk through you. Am I making any sense? I can't speak to you as on the spiritual or supernatural, but as on the kind of go to the next verse. Verse 2. What did he say? I fed you with milk. Milk is elementary principles of God, the foundational principle. Not with strong milk. The word of God comes in different dimensions. There's a mixed stage of the word. There's a solid food stage of the word. There are believers who don't want to leave the mixed stage. They want, to be, they want to remain babes. Somebody praying for them, somebody carrying them, somebody encouraging them. Have you seen Christians, they're born again for 20 years, and somebody's still reminding them to come to church, reminding them to come for prayer meeting, reminding them to come for departmental meeting, reminding them to come for outreach. Those are Christians, even though they've been born again, they are still babies. How many of you know you carry babies? Is it not true? You carry babies. And one of the things that you do things for babies. But, but you know that if you are a baby, there are so many things you can't do. For instance, if you are a baby, you cannot walk on your own. Somebody has to carry you. You cannot feed on your own. Somebody has to 
feed you. Somebody has to clean you up. Also, if you're a baby, you can't, you can't do a lot of things. You are limited because of your strength level. A baby is immature, so strength-wise, the strength of the baby is still immature, so they have to be protected. There are many Christians who are still babies in their mind. And, and I'll tell you the symptoms of babyhood in the mind. The problem with being a babe is that you cannot enjoy the reality that you carry on the inside. You can't. It says, I have fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to bear or receive it. Even now you are not able. Go to the next verse, verse 3. Are you ready for this? He said, this is my proof. You are still carnal. Why are you carnal? For where there are envy, strife, and division. I've told you what envy is. Envy is when you are wishing you have what somebody else has. You're not content with yourself. You're wishing that you are what somebody are. You look like somebody else. What is a kind of issues? You look like somebody else. You, you talk like somebody else. When you look at yourself, why are short like this? Who told you you are short? Say, why my head big? What did you use to measure it? Where are you getting all this narrative from? Why am I not fair? Who told you to be fair is the standard. Why am I dark? Who told you whether you are dark is an issue? Where did you get all this? And we come to church and, and we begin to envy one another. We can't even rejoice for people. Somebody's giving a testimony of God's goodness in his life. You're, you're throwing smirks. You beg. Now lame. That's envy. That's carnality. We don't think like that. Then it talks about strife. What is strife? Quarreling. Quarreling. A strife attitude, it's, it's a contentious attitude. No, you don't like peace. When they're doing something, you fight. Division. You are never in unity. You must always have a strange view. If everybody's going right, you will go left. If everybody says sit down, you will stand. It's called division. Because in the scripture, we're supposed, Paul says, I pray that you have one mind. Everybody say one mind. Say that. Say one mind. One mind. What is one mind? It doesn't mean we don't have differences. But if we have agreed, this is where we want to go. We all go that way. That's called unity. Unity doesn't mean the absence of differences. Unity simply means you discipline yourself to submit to the direction of the house. Otherwise, you're not going to progress. Why did God move in Acts chapter 4? The Bible says, with one voice, they lifted their cry to God. One accord. What is one accord? It means unity from diversity. It doesn't matter whatever their issues were. When it came to seeking God, they were one. When it came to pursuing God, they were what? They were one. When it came to hunger for God, they were one. When it came for hunger for the word, they were one. When it came to seeking the spirit, they were one. When it came to projects that they needed to do, they were one. 
So Paul says, I can, but, but this is where I'm going. He said, for you are, for where there are envy, strife, and division among you, pettiness, pettiness. He said, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? What is mere men? Mere men is ordinary men. Everybody say ordinary men. Ordinary men are, are carnal-minded men that are living without the influence of the supernatural in their life. That's carnal. When you are carnal, the influence of the spiritual or the supernatural is not speaking. Come on. I, am I communicating with anybody? I'm trying to introduce you to the life we are saved. The mystery of godliness. The, the what? The mystery. What is it? Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's your life. You've been born again to live a supernatural life. Are you still with me here? Are you still with me? We must become spiritually minded people. Spiritually what? Minded. There's danger in carnality. Are you hearing me? You know why? Because of the limitation of satanic, human, and situational limitations. There's danger in carnality. The devil knows that. A brother who was not a very serious Christian went for a, an event. While they were you know, drinking and having a good time, he saw this pretty lady. Didn't know her from anywhere. They just got talking while the show was going on. And as they were talking, you know, they, they, they picked up an affection for one another. And gisting, gisting, gisting. And uh, the emotions just entered. And before you know one to let another, in the party, they went to the corner and slept with each other. They've not seen each other, slept with each other, naked, everything. So when he was leaving, he took the girl to go and drop. This happened, though. He's a pastor I heard it from. Took the girl and went and dropped it, dropped her early in the morning in her place. I promised her that she was, he was going to come the next day by 11 to check up on her. So he left, went home, you know, basking in the euphoria of the nonsense. Then next day, drove 11 o'clock to the place and knocked on the door. So a, a woman came out. He said, please, I'm looking, call that name. I'm looking for so-and-so. Elena asked her, are you sure? That name, you sure? He said, yes. He said, describe her. He described. He said, wait. He now went and called about three or four other people in the same place. He said, they should come. He said, the person, you say, call the name again. He called him. Everybody looked at him. He said, you are sure? He said, yes. He said, can you describe? He described, ah, I brought her here 11 o'clock yesterday night. I mean, no, sorry, in early hours of the morning. I said, we're going to meet by 11. They looked at him. He said, are you sure? He said, yes. He said, okay. That person you are calling died five years ago. The guy froze. Died how many years ago? Five years ago. He didn't know whether the ground should open and swallow him or it should disappear. In that, from that day, everything in his life started going upside down. He still goes to church, but everything in his life started doing what? Going upside down. Until they brought him to this minister. And he didn't want to even tell the mother 
Because when things were just going KLA, the mother, you had something is wrong. He didn't want to tell the mother. Then the pastor told him, say, where did you go and what did you do? So he told the mother to go out before he opened up and told him. They are mysteries. Everybody say mysteries. Yeah, they are mysteries. Why you must be spiritually minded is because there is an inferior spiritual player. A reality that is manipulated by Satan. Are you hearing me? Siren. And if you're not spiritually minded, you're not going to reign over that. As a matter of fact, you will be oppressed by it. You will be oppressed by it. You will be oppressed by it. I've seen Christians who suffer from oppression. And, and it's not because they should be oppressed. It's because of the state of their mindedness. What are you mindful of? Are you mindful of your root that you are of God? Or are you mindful of earthly things? Let, let me begin to share some things with you. Praise the name of the Lord. We are not God men, not just mere men. What did I say? That's the, the mystery of godliness. Christ in you means you are a God man. You are not mere men. God now lives in you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, say God lives in me. To be mere men is to be carnal. It means to function without the influence of the spiritual in your life. It means not to be influenced by your root, which is God. When you're carnal, you are allowing something else to drive your mind instead of your root. Your root is God. And to be spiritually minded is to be God-minded. But to be a mere man is to forsake your root and to adapt a mentality that is influenced by the enemy. You see, when we're worshiping God, for some of us, we, we probably don't understand the power of our realm. That's why for us, when it comes to worship and singing, we are carnally connected to worship. Once they are singing, some of you are not even connected. You are disconnected. Why? Because your mind has been connected to Davido. Or Whiskey. That's the one that psych you. Once he just starts talking nonsense, hey, you just you will wake up. You will start, your body will begin to move because that's what has taken your mind. So when you are worshiping, you cannot afford to wait for it to stop. Because it doesn't trip you. Worship to you, you're carnally relating to worship. Let me tell you something about your realm that if you tap into it, it will change your life. Some group of this woman and I think the daughter and some people, they were coming, they were being driven by someone, a woman and her daughter. They went for a program where the preacher preached about the glory of God. And as they left the church and was driving home, all they spoke about was the glory of God. They talked about the message. And as they were discussing the message, the revelation of what was shared was growing inside them. Listen to what happened. This happened in America. As they were driving, they were getting to a crossroad. You know what a crossroad is? Hmm? 
this side. They were coming like this. Unknown to them, there was a huge trailer that was coming and miscalculated. Are you hearing me? Miss what? And it was, there was no way to avoid the heat. It was a direct heat on. A policeman who witnessed it was there. In fact, when he saw it, he had taken his radio to begin to radio for ambulance to come. Then guess what he saw? As they saw it, they were discussing the glory of God. Then as soon as they... Um, Go and check it in Sidrot, YouTube, you will see it. As soon as the car wanted to hit them, they became transparent. The, the trailer went through them. The mother and the daughter and the driver of the car was, they, 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 they I don't know how to explain it more than what I'm telling you. The trailer went through them, past. They, it's like you're sitting now, you now see trailer now pass through you and came out on the other side. Even the trailer, the man said, he saw them as he was passing them. <laughs> and driving, and, and the man with the radio was like, what is it I am seeing? And the trailer passed completely through them and they continued. All of them like this. Their body, everything was intact. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, that is your realm. That's your realm. But you know why we're not having expressions like that? Because we're carnally. Some of you are in church now. Is that person you want to go and quarrel with that you're thinking about? Well, I, would, I would deal with Lucy today. Lucy never said anything. Shout amen. 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 May Pastor Priest finish. <laughs> oh God. What do you have planned? That's your mind. That's what you are thinking. Some of you are thinking of food. Jollof rice. May Pastor Priest quick, I beg. If you know the hunger when they do me for years, so, eh? this message, you know, go make her long. Your preach and quick make her go. That's why you're missing it. You're kind of minded. Some of you, you want to go and see somebody. You want to go, either it's a Thanksgiving or something, all this religious nonsense. You want to go for Thanksgiving, you want to go. So your mind is not even in the world. You're going to please somebody you want to honor the invitation. It's more important than God talking to you. That's why you are carnal. That's why your experiences are carnal. That's why you are where you are. You will hear testimonies about things happening in people's lives. You say, yeah. Now, so you have Say, now what? Anyway, we talk, you know, say this, our God is very powerful. <laughs> That, that's, that's how you talk. Ten years, nothing. Your own is, when, when you hear to say, say you should say they no arrange us. You should not say this one. You know these days, all kinds of funny things are going on. You should say no. You will be full of questions of doubt. That, that, that's why we don't function by root. We're carnally minded. Look at Jesus. He was in a boat. This is the godliness we're talking about. He was in the midst of a boat that was about to capsize in the middle of the sea. And the Bible said he was asleep on a pillow. Was he faking it? 
my dear, no, he wasn't. He was really asleep. The stone was not strong enough to wake him. Are you hearing me? Some of you, cockroach will wake you. Cockroach. What did I say? Cockroach. Jesus is cockroach. Cockroach will wake you. Only cockroach. Then, then at the sight of cockroach, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood cockroach. Because in your head, you believe your enemy came as a cockroach to bite you. That's how, that's how impoverished your head is. You're living in fear. You, do you know what fear means? When, when you're afraid, it means you're carnally minded. You know, you're, you're not root-minded. Because if you're godly-minded, fear will not speak in your life. When you're carnally minded write this down. Your appetite for spiritual thing is very poor. You get easily disconnected to the word. Prayer becomes a burden. You don't delight in prayer. You don't delight in the word. Your, your appetite for spiritual thing is unhealthy. It's poor. At the slightest excuse, you can miss church. You can miss prayer meeting. Spiritual things are no longer your delight. It doesn't interest you. When you come into the house of God, it's how the service will close so you can quickly go away and do natural things and natural stuff. That's what moves you. And here you've been born again to a, a life of supernatural destiny. A life of supernatural experience. And you're wondering why you're struggling with natural things. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody said the mystery of godliness. Say the mystery of godliness. Hear me. To be carnal is to function without the influence of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. When you are carnally minded, you are not under the supervision. You are not under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Because your mind does not agree with his mind, so he cannot manifest. Hear me. The indwelling presence of the Spirit, I told you, is the presence of the power of God and the wisdom of God. So and when you're carnally minded, it means you are rejecting the influence. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen. Listen. When you are carnally minded, you are rejecting the influence of the power of God and the wisdom of God in your life. That's a revelation. When you are carnally minded, what are you doing? You are rejecting the influence of who? Of the power of God and the wisdom of God in your life. That, that, that's what you're doing. That, that's why when it can, it can, to a carnal mind, what man says and threatens you scares you. You're afraid of men. You live under the bondage of the fear of man because you are man or men minded. So when they threaten you, it scares you. You're afraid. But if you are God minded, even if men threaten you, it doesn't bother you. Because you know that your source is bigger than them. For greater is he that is what? In you than he 
that is in the world. Why are you threatened by he that is in the world? It's because you are not minded by the greater one that lives where? On the inside of you. That's why you will exalt me more than God. Am I making any sense here? Hear this. When we are carnally minded, we stop functioning as supernatural beings. When we're cutting them, what do we do? We stop operating by what? By a supernatural being. When we're cutting them, we become people-minded. Everybody say people-minded. People we become people-minded. That's why we behave like men. We now notice men. We notice what they say. We notice what they do. What they do easily gets to us because we're, we're minded with them. Because what you mind is what you focus on. Hear me, hear me. When we're carnally minded, we stop functioning as spiritual. We disconnect from the limitless influence of the Spirit's empowerment and we start walking as ordinary men. Mere men are men without the empowerment of the Spirit's influence in their lives. Men are men without what? The empowerment of the Spirit's influence in their life. And what is the influence of the spirit? The influence of God's power and the influence of his wisdom. When you walk as mere men, it means your mind has rejected the influence of the Holy Ghost. You've chosen to be ordinarily minded, human minded. And so the Holy Ghost doesn't have his say anymore. Hear me. Walking in envy, strife, and division keeps us carnal. To be carnal is to be earthly minded. And now write this down. When you are earthly minded, are you ready for this? When you are earthly minded, you are weakness minded. You are what? Weakness minded. Because weakness is is conversant or the same thing as humanity. When you are carnally minded, you are weakness minded. Weakness minded. But when you're spiritually minded, you are strength-minded. Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Because you are strong. That's your root. Say your root. Say your root. Say your root. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not how I feel. It's my root. My faith is not based on how I feel. My faith is based on my root. And my root says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So to be carnally minded is to be weakness minded. To be spiritually minded is to be strength minded. Because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Say amen. amen. Alright. To be carnal is to be earthly minded. We become human and issue minded instead of God minded. So the things that not determine our peace and rest of mind is carnal issue. Human issue. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. To be human and issue-minded is to be limited-minded. We limit the expression of God in us when we are human and issue-minded. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Hope means expectation. We are expected to live from the riches of the glory of the Christ life that we carry. Hope of glory means you are expected to live according to the riches of the glory of the Christ life that you carry. 
and you sabotage that when you are carnally minded. You are sitting there, you are thinking of Julie. You are thinking of Peter. You are thinking of Moses. People. People. Once, once people dominate your mind, you become limited. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why we struggle in worship. You know why we don't flow sometimes in worship? We don't flow sometimes in worship? Whoa. This is God. Sometimes we don't flow in worship is because our mind has shifted from God to men. Now you want to worship God, but your mind is full of men. Do you understand what I mean? You want to worship God, your mind is full of what? It's full of men and their issues. You cannot worship when you are human-minded. You cannot worship when you are issues-minded. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't because you'll be thinking about men and men alone. I have to stop. My, my system is off. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Open your mind and begin to... Just, I want you to pray a very simple prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I decide for a shift. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.